Nation Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the Combination Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Yeah, I used to say as a as an operations officer, I used to be, I'm the guy who has to ask the question every day, what's the worst that could happen? And now, now here I am, the CEO leading right, it. Yeah, the worst that could happen is you become CEO, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is, I love that. So go ahead. I, I... Marcus Aurelius said, what we do in life echoes through eternity. What is your life echoing through eternity? Welcome to Echoes Through Eternity with Dr. Jeffrey Skinner. Our mission is to inspire, engage, and encourage leaders from across the globe to plant missional churches and be servant leaders. So join us and hear the stories of servant leaders reverberating lives as God echoes them through eternity. Brought to you by Missional Church Planting and Leadership Development in Dynamic Church Planting International. Welcome in to Echoes Through Eternity. I am your host, Dr. Jeffrey D. Skinner. I am joined in the studio today by a gentleman that I just recently came into contact with. We met via LinkedIn, and he is a fourth quarter coach. And I'll let him explain about what fourth quarter is and, and what he does and everything. But I uh, was just fascinated as I learned about him, as I read about him. I felt like our, our mission and visions, kind of purpose of life, kind of crossed over with each other. I felt like that God was certainly using his voice and echoing it through eternity. So I wanted to kind of amplify that today. Scott Kokenauer is the gentleman with whom or to whom I am speaking. And so I'll, I'll just give it to him at this point. Scott, welcome. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you, Dr. Skinner. It's I've I've enjoyed getting to know you and some of the things that you're involved in. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you. I love meeting new people and I love meeting people that are that are intrinsically motivated, that are simultaneously Christian, you know, and, and you and I were talking a little bit before. My focus is is, you know, church planting and coaching church planters and primarily focused on the Christian community and raising up pastors. Yours is much broader in that you're focusing on entrepreneurs and leaders in the fourth quarter of their life, but but yours is a much broader context there. So you just want entrepreneurs and, and people like that. You just happen to be a Christian who is focusing on those people using biblical principles to lead and guide them, although you may not specifically engage them from a, you know, using Christian language and things like that. Mm-hmm. I love that idea there because it, it, I think the one of the things that's missing in culture today is a positive Christian voice that just exists in that secular space. Too mm-hmm. often we want to try to Christianize the secular or, or make the secular Christian instead of, and I think the biggest ministry today is going into the secular world and simply, simply being the presence of Jesus there. And that's what you're doing as I listen to your podcast, and that will be in the show notes for those that are listening today. I'll be sure to put a link to his website, his LinkedIn profile, as long as well as his um, podcast there, which great stuff, very good leadership principles there, but they're all 
Christian based. I mean, he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily say, "Hey, you know, beat his Bible and thump his Bible and say you got to come to Jesus." You're out there saying these are principles that if someone says, "Well, you know, what is the source of this?" that gives you an opportunity to say, "Well, my source of life, my source of vision, my drive in this world comes from my relationship with the Lord." I think that's in, that's incredibly important today. So again, welcome in. And so tell us a little bit, Scott, about what you do, kind of your story. I know you got an incredible story. Talk to us first about what fourth quarter is and then back up and tell us how you got there. Absolutely. Fourth quarter is, generally speaking, it's your 60s and 70s. Of course, mileage will vary. Some people hit their fourth quarter earlier. Some some live their fourth quarter and, and, and then some, right? So 80s, 90s. But that fourth quarter comes from an adaptation of what has been commonly known as Bob Buford came out with a book years and years ago called Halftime, which indicated that there's an arc that we live. So we, we essentially grow and build and build a family, build a business and all. And then we hit 40-ish, somewhere around there, and, and we hear, Lordy, Lordy, look who's 40. And then every, <laughs> everything is downhill. You're over the hill, right? You're you're moving down, you're headed toward retirement, you're winding down, your brain is slowing down, you're forgetting things, you're becoming irrelevant, and eventually you die. So there's halftime, there's first half, second half. All of great stuff Bob Buford did. In fact, I remember in my 40s really grabbing a hold. He, He was a lifeline to me when I was in my 40s. For some reason, and maybe through what God was taking me through in my story, which I'll share in a minute, I began to look at life in terms of four quarters just to get my handle on who I was. And the first quarter is, I I call it the learning quarter. This is where we are being raised. We're going to school, maybe going to college, but it's the nurturing and learning phase. Then we move into our twenties and thirties. And this is the building phase. We're building our family, our career, our homes, our businesses, our churches. and, and so the 20s and 30s, we are grinding, we're, we're building. And when we hit the 40, 50, the third quarter, something generally begins to happen in our lives, regardless of our gender, regardless of our chosen profession, our industry, we begin to desire meaning and desire purpose like never before. Something is going on inside of us. and. I wanted to find out what that was. Now, I was thrust into the, to those questions. I, was, I had a major life disruption that forced me to look at these questions. And as I have stepped back and looked at this, the fourth quarter, which is 60s and 70s, is our greatest and can be our greatest quarter ever because of all the ingredients that we have going into it. Wisdom failures, successes, experience, skills, equity, debt is generally lower, kids are out of the house so we have more time. So there's a lot going for us. There are also a lot of things that we're facing in our third quarter, which is things like, you know, we sent the kids away, they came back and brought reinforcements. So now (laughs) we've got little kids, these little, and we love them and we want the energy to be with them. On the other end of the spectrum, we've got aging parents who up until this recent stage of life, they didn't really need us as much. But now I I talk with a lot of people who are guilty 
about how to take care of their parents because they feel like it's an interruption and yet they love them. So the, a lot of dynamics going on, but a lot of ingredients. And essentially I call myself a, bri a bridge builder because there is a second curve. It, it's not just half time. You go up and then you come back down. There's a second curve. A lot of people don't realize and and it can solve a lot of angst in a lot of people in their 40s and 50s as they begin to look at the number of weeks left compared to the number of weeks lived. You know, so that's the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's good. Number of weeks, a lot of anxiety between what's left and what's lived. That's good. I like that a lot. Yeah, the, it, it, it creates a lot of angst. In, yeah. in our, our hearts, and we want to be doing something more meaningful. Yeah. Now again, some people don't reach this until their mid-60s, you know, right. and some people are early bloomers. They're, they're 30, and they've been maybe mentored early, right. and so they're attuned to it sooner. I have clients yeah. who are in their 30s. I have a client nice. who are 68. Right. And, and yet, so when I call myself a fourth quarter, what I'm really talking about is I work with people in their third quarter to prepare for a fantastic fourth quarter. Yeah, I could see that, definitely. And I love the fact that you're mentoring others. There's so many, there's really a lack of that that happens today. I feel like the World War II generation, I guess the builder generation, the greatest generation ever, so to speak, they were pretty good about mentoring others. I, I remember my granddaddy, very instrumental in my life, only had a third grade education, but but a very strong, devout family man, but also a hard worker. And he worked as a, he had a little tiny church that he pastored in Peterson, Alabama, a little small community in Holt, Alabama, over near Tuscaloosa. He would get up every morning, he'd go to work, and he'd come home in the afternoon about three o'clock. And then he had four or five gardens that he would work in. He had one in his backyard or two in his backyard. And he had, there was a field across the street from him and, and it was just an empty field. And he got permission from the owner to plant a garden there. And then the state came in and took his house and for a highway and gave him way too little money for it. But he never complained. He just, you know, and then they took 15 years to build the road after they took it to his house. So what did he do? He went over there and plowed it up and planted a garden. <laughs> and so he had gardens everywhere and he would take me along with him whenever I was off from school whenever I was visiting he'd get me out there he put me on the plow and he'd teach me this is you know I'd go with him to pick up the manure the grossest stuff on the planet it smelled he'd put me in the back with it <clears throat> but I learned as I went because he was intentional about investing in me and teaching me now I'm not a farmer today and but but I plant churches. And so there's a lot of crossover between cultivating a field for planting a crop versus cultivating field for planting a church. A lot of those mm -hmm. principles, you wouldn't know it, but crossover with each other. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like our generation, Gen X and below, does a really good job of mentoring others. So I love that about you, that you are mentoring others. You're going into that secular space and taking Jesus with you and living life as a Christian there without necessarily standing up and preaching a sermon. I think it was St. Mm -hmm. Francis of Assisi said, uh, 
preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. Absolutely. Um, yeah, my, so, my approach is a come and see Christianity, kind of like the, the woman at the well. Uh, yeah. If you picture her going back to her, her context right. after meeting Jesus at the well, she said, come and see this man who knows more about me than I know about me. Yeah. And, and I, I look, I don't have any capability nor responsibility to change anybody. Yeah. I, I, I can't judge. I can't make people follow what I follow. Right. What I can do is, Hey, I, I can say this works for me. Right. And just look, I mean, not, and, and you know, it's, <laughs> there's a thread, a spiritual thread through my story. I had God and I had some, well, I argued, <laughs> uh, I, he, he, he was silent and let me, when I lost my career at age 50, I really struggled, you know, with, with, the, with God, I was disappointed with him. Yeah. I was angry with him. I, I was, you know, he had let me down. He had abandoned me right. or so I thought the further I go forward in my life, which allows me to look in the rearview mirror at more landscape. It's as though he's been leading me from behind all this time. And I've come to the conclusion, look, when we designed and built churches in our, in our family business and wow. when 2008 happened, we could not get our footing after the, the whole Enron and right. collapse. And it, after about five years, the CEO or, or the board of, of directors elected me to become CEO to reinvent our company. Up to that point, I'd been COO, legal license, insurance, safety, bonding, all that stuff for about 24 years. But then I had this new assignment and it was to try and reinvent a 40-year-old company. Yeah. So Paul, just a second there. So so if I'm getting this right, they took the guy in charge of safety and wanted him to take it in a really huge risk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to say as a as an operations officer, <laughs> I used to be I'm the guy who has to ask the question every day, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> and now, now here I am, the CEO leading right, it. Yeah, the worst that could happen is you become CEO, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's great that is, i love that so go ahead I, that caught me as ironic that's that great you were in that charge is of that you can be a co-creator with god by helping to echo our guest voices share our episodes with friends and family and on your own social media accounts give us positive five-star reviews the more positive reviews we have the more visibility we have and the more voices that are echoed through eternity. We often invite guests who are serving faithfully year after year, often in anonymity in their respective roles and ministries. God sees them and, and the reality is, is for a good kingdom leader, that's enough. We do not do what we do for the accolades of humanity. We do it because we're called by God. But I believe that God uses people like you and I to continue those reverberations and echo them throughout eternity. You can partner with God by liking, subscribing, writing a quick positive five-star review, and again, sharing those voices with friends and family and on your own social media accounts. Those reviews will eventually lead to other guests who have larger platforms 
that have more listeners who will then in turn listen to the show. And again, it further echoes those voices, which is the whole vision of the Echoes Through Eternity podcast here is to continue echoing those voices that God is echoing through eternity there. So like and subscribe and review us if you would. We'd appreciate that greatly. That's right. Risk management. And here I am in the deepest amount of risk. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I went to work. I had a three foot by five foot whiteboard on in my op- office, and I would fill that with all kinds of thoughts, formulas, flow charts, equations, uh, principles. And I would fill that whiteboard and step back, take a picture of it and wipe it off, wipe it clean and start over. And I must have I must have filled dozens of whiteboards. Wow. But in that process, over six, eight months, 10 months, I began to see a, a way of doing business that was a shift from having a transactional connection to the market to a relational connection to the market yeah. that housed transactions. Yeah. And so we were we were changing the way we did things and things were moving along. We were a little precarious on cash and it came down to one project in the center of the United States that had to start in June of 2015. We had 20 million dollars under de, in, under contract in design, but we don't we didn't make money until they went into construction. So we we had that 20 million and all we needed was this project to start in June of 2015. It would help us to pay, keep our payroll, pay as much uh, accounts payable as we could so that we could bridge to the next project that would start. Sure. I got a call mid-June expecting it to the project manager to say, well, we got started. Here we go. Instead, he he put a bomb in my lap. He said the... The, it just came out that the pastor and the secretary had been having an affair. And oh, my goodness. became public. Yeah. Which doesn't usually kill a construction project, but it delays it. And it delayed sure. it beyond what we could afford. So we ended up, I ended up closing then a 44-year-old wow. multi-million dollar family business that built churches across the nation. Every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I was 50 years old. In fact, I was in the middle of my fifth. I was born in January. This is June. I was Mm. smack in the middle of my third quarter. Wow. No career. The only career I'd had was 30 years working for a family business. Right. And that threw me into the proverbial cave. If you're familiar with the hero's journey and Iron Man, I had no idea what I was going to do. The voices told me what was in my head, they were telling me my fate. No, right. Look, nobody's going to hire you. You're old. Right. Not only are you old and bald, you failed, right? You took a business and f- and, and it failed. Yeah. And you went through bankruptcy. Who's going to hire you? 
or or if you go into business for yourself, who's going to want to be your client? These were voices that I fought and, and the depression and all that sort of thing. In the midst of that, I'm saying to God, look, we weren't building brothels. We weren't building ter- terrorist camps. We were building w- shelter for worship and ministry. We had been tithers all of our lives. I married a preacher's kid. It was ingrained in us. I was raised in the church. And so we did all the right things, but this happened. What's wrong with you, God? It doesn't make sense. We were doing everything that you told us to do with the measure we use. He uses it, right? Right. Well, understandably, uh, you know, it makes sense to complain. It's just who we are. But as I reflect and get distance from that moment, that was seven years ago, I begin, I began to see that I had had God figured out. Right. It was a yeah. system. It was a give and take relationship. And I've realized that if you have your God figured out, then your God is too small. Amen. And there's just so much more he has done that supersedes all the other expectations I had for him before we closed the business. That's good, Scott. Wow. Your realization, while in a different context, could almost be my story. And, uh, and especially in your spiritual journey and understanding how you had everything figured out, especially God. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, God rocks our world or our world gets rocked and God, you know, is not functioning within that space in the way we expect him to. And suddenly we doubt God. You talk about complaint. I, I call it lament. You know, lament is a very important part of, of our theology of God. It's a very important part of understanding our relationship with God. I always tell people sometimes there's guilt associated with that with people. They if they have doubt or if they complain to God, they they you know, Western culture tends to conflate our Greek mythology and our view of God together. Mm-hmm. And so often our view of God comes from Zeus holding the lightning bolt, right. weighing to uh I don't know if you saw the latest Thor movie, but they portray Zeus as essentially uninterested in humanity if, if and even perhaps even toying with humanity and being amused by humanity. But anyone who steps out of line, he tosses a lightning bolt his way. And sometimes that's the way we view God. Mm-hmm. And so we, we get nervous when we complain to God, you know, we get nervous when we lament thinking, but somehow or another we failed him spiritually, or we have failed him spiritually if things didn't work out well. And that is not true at all. It may be true of the American dream, but it's not true. It's not true of God. Right. And uh, so I love that story, Scott. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, one of the things that I noticed on your page, on your on your um, LinkedIn page and your um, coaching page, is your authenticity, and that is a key component of leadership. Is is authenticity, being honest about your failures, being on, you know, putting your successes in perspective, helping people understand, especially in an age of social media where we see the fourth quarter results, the end of the game, as opposed to the the first four quarters or the first three and a half quarters that were played prior to that and make a judgment, especially my son's generation and my daughter's generation or Gen Z. 
And they look at that and they think, well, I've got to graduate college and and then I'll be a success or I'll graduate college and this is where I'll be. And, and trying to instill that, not even perception, reality, you know, this expectation uh, that, look, you know, you need to get used to disappointment if that's what your your expectation is. <laughs> well, you know, what what you see on Facebook is not reality. It is maybe the somebody else's. You know this this I tell my church planters all the time. The mega church that you see, the pastor. We are here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Kevin Myers is the pastor of Twelve Stone Church. That church has on any given Sunday around eighteen thousand people that they minister to at all their campuses. They have, I think, seven campuses within the metro Atlanta area. They're in the process of of launching new campuses or or communities, what they call 12 Stone Home, in other areas like Oregon and places like that, but don't have buildings yet. So among here in Atlanta, is about 18,000 people. Planters will look at those megachurch pastors like Kevin, and they'll say, well, that's that's what I want to be. Until you hear Kevin's story where he launched in a movie theater and then his, his daughter almost died. Uh, his, he had you know all types of family issues, went through bankruptcy himself. He had he launched with about 150 people. He said that, that he grew it to about 35 by the end of his first year. Mm-hmm. And so you know, so <laughs> to look at that at 18,000 and say, wow, that's who I want to be, careful what you wish for. There's a lot of story that, that happens between the beginning and the end, or not even the end, but the current reality of mm-hmm. his story. Uh, I think that's, that's one of the things that you do for people is you, sh- you share that perspective and, and help them set expectations there. Look, there's, some, there's a lot of joy to be had in life, but not all joy and happiness are the same. And right. sometimes that joy comes with scars. Yeah, there's a there's a definition of excellence that is ingrained in what I do with clients. It, the definition is the act of becoming the fullest expression of your unique God-given design. Now, it's on purposely stated that way. It's it's yeah. on purpose. The act of becoming because we will never be the fullest expression of who we were designed to be. But we can be in the act of becoming that. And what that means is you you grow into who God has made you. Mm-hmm. And there's a spoiler alert. It's not a destination. Sometimes yeah. y- your expression of who you're, your design, um, your design at 20 or 30 years old might be different when you're 40 and 50 and 60. Yeah. So it, it, it's a moving, but yeah. dynamic, exciting life. Two things happen when you are in the pursuit of your fullest expression of God, of your God-given design. Fulfillment in today goes up. Regrets of tomorrow go down. You, you mitigate regret to the extent that you are pursuing the fullest expression of your unique God-given design. And now when I think about expression, I don't mean becoming our fullest design. You look up at the moon, I think it was full moon as of the recording of this a day or two ago, the moon was full where I live. 
And yet when you look at the moon, you're not looking at, I mean, the moon is not lit up. The moon is reflecting something bigger than itself. Yeah. And, and so the, the exciting thing about becoming the fullest expression of your unique God-given design is the more you become like yourself, the more you become like Christ because he made you in his image. Yes. And it's unique. There is nobody like you. Yeah. No one has your story. No one has your fingerprints, your DNA. There's no one like you. And so for you to try to be someone else, you are only putting off this full expression. And, you know, social media has introduced a very difficult problem for us, and that is comparison. Yes. And I fight it. You know, I've got a, you know, I'm on LinkedIn almost all the time. And I'll see somebody else's post and I'll say, oh, 60 comments and a thousand impressions and all kinds of reactions. And I'm thinking, mine got two, you know? And so instantly (laughs) I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong? Right? (laughs) That has nothing to do with the fullest expression of my unique God-given design. It only distracts me. Yeah. Measure quality over quantity, brother. That's what I say. (laughs) And, 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 you know, quality really comes when we are seeking the fullest per- expression Absolutely. of who we are. Absolutely, yeah. We, we leave so much on the table when we try to be someone else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's good. Wow, lots of wisdom there. And, and you've been doing this 15 years at this point, I saw. Is that right? Well, I've been coaching since 2007. Okay, all right. A little backstory, our family business, I was the youngest of four boys. Okay. And then we had a younger sister. I always say that my mom and dad tried to get it perfect to have a perfect son, and then they would have a daughter. And so they tried <laughs> one time, two times, three times, and then the fourth time it worked, so they had a daughter. <laughs> anyway, it was back in 1999 who, where we were thinking about what could we do for our employees in this wow. family business? Well, we could offer life coaching. And someone said, well, what's life coaching? I don't know. I've heard about it. So. Right. Scott, why don't you do it? You're the younger brother. You, you're, you're the operations officer, which means we can put anything in your job description. <laughs> Besides, you're the youngest. So I got looking into life coaching, and I, found, I, I fell in love with the dynamic. And I actually became certified because I, just, I love the, the dialogue and the co-creative nature between yeah. coach and client. And got my own coach. And so... Well, that went on for quite a while, and I. It's interesting. I started a started to coach pastors because huh. I had gone through burnout. Right, I knew what that was like, and I noticed a lot of pastors get, went through burnout, and and it was kind of tied to building churches. You know, mm-hmm. a church construction project can really take a toll on oh, a pastor. Yes. So I was coaching, and and I was calling. I was thinking maybe I'll call my business or my uh, coaching thing Progress Max. And I was going to maximize people's progress and that sort of thing. And nothing was happening. I was beginning to lose the love of coaching. This was in 2007. About November, I put all the coach, the build your business. I, I've got a book over here on my thing. It says book yourself solid and get clients now. And I put all those books under the table, under the bed, literally. 
And I said to God, I am just going to coach for the love of coaching. I don't know what I'm doing. And it was in that month he said to me very clearly, change your company name to Serving Strong and work with pastors on burnout. So I've been doing that on the side as along with the business. And when that, when the family business stopped, Mm -hmm. I felt the need to, to go serious with serving strong. So that's what I did. I broadened it to, like you said, entrepreneurs to executives. And that's true. Mm -hmm. But it's for the person in their 40 year or 50 year decade mm-hmm. who is awakening to something bigger. Yeah. And they don't know how to navigate that. Whether it's an executive, an entrepreneur, a pastor, a housewife. And that's what I love about what I'm doing is helping Good. create a, a recipe for all the ingredients that we have accumulated, all that intelligence. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott, I don't think you have a seminary degree, right? You don't, you've never do been not. to Bible college. Okay. But, but you've got the wisdom of a seminarian. Let me just tell you, your life coaching, your pastor, your, you might as well have been pastoring people. Mm-hmm. Just your theology is solid. It's strong. I don't know what church you go to. Well, you actually, you mentioned on your website, mm-hmm. the name of the church, but anyway, it, your pastor, kudos to your pastor. He does a really good job with you mm-hmm. and, and you've got a good, clear head. I know you got another appointment at 10. Tell us the name of your podcast again. I'll put that in the show notes for everyone. But the sure. name of the podcast? The name of the podcast is Serve Strong, Finish Strong. Okay. Serve Strong, Finish Strong. Great. And that's available on all platforms, right? Spotify, all, all, pod, all, Apple. iHeart. Yeah, Apple, okay. Spotify, okay, anywhere great. else. Actually, ironically, as the time of this recording, I'm in. I'm, I'm doing a four-part podcast series leading into the new year yeah it's called the solution to resolutions yes i I heard the first episode today i look forward to the next episodes i just recently discovered when i booked you i had no clue you even had a podcast um (laughs) it is interesting kind of podcast goes along with i guess anybody that does anything today if they're an author or whatever they're a podcaster as well but uh anyway it's, it's been great having you scott I want to have you back again. I, I know um, I've got an appointment Absolutely. at 10 and, and you've got one at 10 as well. I've got a guy I'm supposed to be coaching. I had forgotten about that until my calendar popped up <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I, I want to have you back again. I want to, I want to continue following you on uh, LinkedIn there and don't worry about the number of comments you get or how many views you get. It's no. like I said, the quality of a quantity uh, is what matters in this stage of life. As you all know, But anyway, great having you. I appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you very much for having me, Dr. Skinner. You're fantastic. You have a fantastic day. All right? Okay. All right. You can be a co-creator with God by helping to echo our guest voices, share our episodes with friends and family and on your own social media accounts, give us positive five-star reviews. The more positive reviews we have, the more visibility we have and the more voices that are echoed through eternity. We often invite guests who are serving faithfully year after year, often in anonymity in their respective roles in ministries. God sees them, and and reality is, is for a good kingdom leader, that's enough. We do not do what we do for the accolades of humanity. We do it because we're called by God. 
But I believe that God uses people like you and I to continue those reverberations and echo them throughout eternity. You can partner with God by liking, subscribing, writing a quick positive five-star review, and again, sharing those voices with friends and family and on your own social media accounts. Those reviews will eventually lead to other guests who have larger platforms that have more listeners who will then in turn listen to the show. And again, it further echoes those voices, which is the whole vision of the Echoes Through Eternity podcast here is to continue echoing those voices that God is echoing through eternity there. So like and subscribe and review us if you would. We'd appreciate that greatly. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.